Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the fuck we want. Welcome back to the Kinjas Podcast Movement in the Shadows. We are your hosts, Ben. And this is Charles. Mike Fowl is not here because he's in the A. He's in the A. A. <laughs> and we got we got Charlie working the boards today to make everybody sound nice. Yep. Um I'm very excited to uh, bring on today's guest. Um, how do we do this intro? From uh, Far East Movement, uh, Transparent Agency, and just all around, just dope dude, mover and shaker, my good friend, James Progress Rowe is in the building. Hey. Hey. Thank you for having me. For Everyone sure. like uh, let out a sigh of like discouragement no. oh, I hope I wish it was Kev <laughs> nah man too bad nah, too bad nah, man nah we got you in here um dang dude welcome man uh thanks for coming through bro I've been wanting to chat it up I mean you and I've been chatting it up on the side you know and life wise but you know wanting to bring you on and you got a lot of uh life and wisdom to share so I'm a little nervous actually because I feel like I've told all my really good stories to Ben already so like, but we gotta act like right now and then like like everything's gonna be like, oh, I heard that. No, we gotta oh. act like I don't know anything. I don't actually, know anything. Look at Charles the whole time. Yeah, no. just look at me. But you yeah. know what? This is really good because I actually feel like I don't know a lot of like really background background stuff about you, like childhood type stuff. Oh wow, we're gonna go. Yeah, that I mean this is back. this is like this is the place where we're gonna go right, so, analog. Yeah, so we call it movement in the shadows, right? This podcast is basically. It's kind of like the the backstory to like I guess like like behind the hustle or whatever you want to call it, right? Like however you got to where you got, but like let's start from the beginning and we I mean you can go back as far as you want, but uh the idea is like, you know, people see what they see on social media or they see like, you know, you in bright lights and doing the big things and they're like, "Dang, that's like so dope," but you know, everybody has a different story of how they got there, right? Mm-hmm. So um, this is pretty much why we call movement in the shadows, like the stuff that ha- happens behind the scenes that no one really sees. And yeah, man. And I feel like you, you probably, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't know all the background, background stuff, but, um, let's start there. Like, uh, where, where'd you grow up? Like, yeah. Where are you from? All that for our listeners. Let's go, let's go there first. That's interesting. Right. Cause like, if you want to start from my way back, I was like trying to think of like, what's a good place to start without it getting like chronological and really boring. That's true. <laughs> but like, if you take it a step at a time, the way that he does, and he's like, where are you from? Then you're like, oh, okay, cool. I can take it a step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Where are you I, born? I, I would say, I mean, I was born in Korea. Born in but, Korea. I, but I came when I was eight months old. Okay. And I became a U.S. citizen, though, when I was 21. See, I did not know any of so this. so lazy. Oh, damn. And, and never got citizenship. <laughs> never got naturalized. So I yeah. had to go through that whole process. Whoa. Which was a big thing because, um, you know, we had to go to Korea to do shows and stuff like that. And if I didn't do it, then, you know, my ass would get hauled over to the military and things right. like that. So um, I was born in Korea. I came when I was eight months old, though, and I lived in... Um, Virginia and Annandale okay. and Washington, oh. D.C. till I was like eight. I don't really remember much other than like, you know, hanging at church a lot. Yeah. You know? And a lot of squirrels. <laughs> a lot of yeah, squirrels? A lot of squirrels. Okay. Yeah. There's a good Korean population though in Annandale. Yeah. I remember well, that. Yeah, okay. And then, um, and my mom, she would work like super late nights at the post office. Um, like just... 
and, and she got real skinny. I think she was like 80 pounds at a certain wow. point. She, yeah, wow. She was tiny. Um, and they they just struggled, man. My dad used to talk about hustling. Um, he would have like a conducting job at the church and then mm-hmm. he would go and sell, you know, whatever and then come back. And then like he would be like so absent-minded from running around so much. <laughs> And one day he was like conducting the his uh, church choir, yeah. and the whole place just smelled like shit, <laughs> and he could not figure it out. And he's like conducting, he's like, I can't, I can't figure this out. Okay. So what ended up happening? He figured out later when he got home, and he was about to wash up, and he took his he took his watch off, and he realized that he had my poop in his watch. What? <laughs> so and then he, when you're conducting, <laughs> your hands are up the whole time. Yeah, and you yeah. just, he's like, it keeps smelling. He was, he said he kept bringing it up. This is gold. At the, at the church, like, yo, what what smells so bad? <laughs> it was literally him the whole time. It's your hands, bro. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so he was struggling, and then yeah. um, but we went there because my dad was a um, my dad, he there. My my parents met in a in a choir. Where my parents were both musicians, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then my my dad wanted to go to get his master's degree, so he went to Catholic University in in uh, in Washington D.C., and that's why we went. Whoa. Um. So, but when we were eight, when I turned eight, um, he just saw that there wasn't a lot of like room, you know, especially as a Korean guy with yeah. an accent, like yeah. you know, trying to sing opera. For First sure. of all, like who the this yeah. is opera. That's you know? very true. So he <laughs> so he moved. I mean, he took us and he just moved to uh, L.A. Not without like much, uh, like n- not many friends or anything, and we lived in Cerritos Ooh. for like a couple years. Yeah, and the funny part about that was that I don't remember much about that either. It was cool, like we hung out for a bit, and then we moved to LA after that. But the people in LA and my elementary school would always be like, "Hey, where'd you come from?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "Oh, Cerritos." And then he said, <laughs> and they're like, oh, I don't know where that is. And then later, someone was like, oh, he's from Cerritos. I was like, oh, yeah. my parents had called it Cerritos. Yeah. That's, that, that's the Man, Korean. Our, our parents screwed us up with like, like English pronunciation, bro. I would do the same thing. Like my mom, so, you know, when I was a kid, you know, so I, like I would I'll drive my, my parents like worked in K-Town. So we'd drive, you know, from home and. You know, I love like like at nighttime you would see like you know spotlights like kind of just in the sky randomly. That was so like interesting to me, and I would ask my mom like, "What is that?" And she's like, "Oh, those are called such lights, such lights, like, such lights." Okay, such cool. Lights? Yeah. Such lights. So it's like su- <laughs> such wow. lights. She, she meant search lights, <laughs> right? But I'm like, "Oh, such lights, right?" So I remember I was kicking it with like my white homies one time, and I was like, "Yeah, dude, all those such lights, man." <laughs> There must be something going on. They're like, the what? I'm like, the such lights. They're like, what do you what do you mean? They're like, are you trying to say search lights? And I'm like, uh, yes, that yes. is what I'm trying to That's say. Like, you, you hear that? You hear that Warren G record? It's like, oh, the such lights just came on. <laughs> See, he knew it. Such right? lights. <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny. Seti toast. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you live in Cerritos, Seti toast. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I lived, and then I moved to K Town, um, and I lived in K Town pretty much. For most of my life after that, um, I spent like two year, a year and a half in a in a, a real small suburb in Illinois called mm-hmm. uh, Freeport, uh, which is like like an hour and a half, two hours away from Chicago. Because um, I got in trouble when I was in junior high because I was an idiot. 
it's not that I was bad. I just get caught doing everything. That's, yeah. that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, just not slick you, enough. That's at all. all. I, have just have, enough. I just have none of that <laughs> okay. swag, man. Like, <laughs> like I, if I go out jacking, like, I'll get caught the yeah. first time. Like, I got caught tagging because I was tagging on a freeway, and the cops came at night, and I bumped out, and I dropped my wallet. Oh, man. This is like when I was just in junior high school. I don't even. What the fuck did I have on my wallet? <laughs> you were tagging freeways in junior Nothing high school. Nothing but my yeah. little ID card, yeah. and that's what I got caught for. That's right. crazy. So they had like your school and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Really dumb. Dang. Really dumb. That's wild. You're a badass, dude. <laughs> it was stupid. And the next day, I had I had, I had scored a a date finally with this girl that I had been jocking forever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like, um, and my my parents were like hella strict. So, uh, we were ditching school, and I'm coming out of the front door. This is out of John Burroughs Junior High School. Okay. And, I'm, <laughs> yeah. and I have my tight pants on. I took my pants off, and I had these huge baggy jeans. And I was, like, getting into my, <laughs> yeah. my, my cool gear. Hell about to yeah, hop yeah. into a taxi, hang out with this girl at the karaoke. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm walking out. To my jinkos are on. I looked, I'm Hell dating yeah. myself. I looked to the side, and... My parents are walking up with a cop. I was like, oh, oh yeah. Damn. With a cop? Yeah, because that's when I got caught tagging. Oh, that's what kind of what sent me out. Dang. That's like the worst mix. Your parents and a police officer? Yeah, that's the, the worst. worst mix, man. Yeah, it was yeah, the worst. combo. Damn. Yeah. Wow. I still can't believe you were tagging up freeways in junior high. It's stupid. That's crazy. I yeah. couldn't even tag up like a white piece of paper. You'd be surprised, <laughs> my man. Like when, when we were in junior high school, it was... Well, at least our junior high was like super fucking G, dude. Uh, yeah. Like literally, yeah, John Burroughs, right? Yeah. Like literally, you had to be you. Uh, you were in like three gangs, depending on what side <laughs> of the school you were at. You know, yeah, like, damn. just throwing it out just there, to diversify like, your profile, right? People were squabbing like all over the place. People were bringing guns into school. This is in junior high school, Whoa. and like everybody yeah. tagged. It was everywhere. It was crazy. Like by the time I got back uh, from from Freeport. The um, like LA had gone through like a major cleanup, yeah, because like literally any like small wall, anything in in Koreatown at the time was everything was tagged, yeah, it's crazy. That's fucking wild. What year, what year was this around? Don't ask me that. (laughs) You know, hey man, you and I, you you and I, we 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 run in the same generation, yeah, moving on, moving on, moving on, all right, fine. But, um, um, all right, so you you know tagging it up, you know, and and uh, doing that whole thing. Like, uh, what at, at that time were you in a place where you had like art as like something that you were pursuing, or you like in terms of music, or did that come like way later down? In oh life? yeah, not at all, bro. I uh, I hated music until like probably like my uh, my my last year in high school. Just because my parents are musicians, and yeah. I, I used to wake up to like my my dad and mom used to teach piano, and violin, and the flute and singing yeah. at my house. So I would listen to terrible people sing and play <laughs> piano because you know, and you guys know because you guys teach. Like ninety yeah. percent of the people that come in are terrible. <laughs> only, there's only a few people that are really yeah. gifted, you yeah. know. Yeah. So like, I mean, and, and you're lear- you're there to learn sure. everything. But when you wake up to that every day and broken scales and people that can't play Bach the right way and <laughs> trying to play the Moonlight song, oh man, it's yeah. just it's just rough, man. So I hated it. My parents tried to make me play, and that made me hate it even more. Oh, what yeah. was it? Piano, violin. Pian- I piano, piano, sing, violin. They tried their hand on everything with me. So you Whoa. just kind of like rebelled and were like, I'm not doing this. The funny thing was was that. Um, like when I was a kid, I, I there was one time where my mom made me do a a, a recital, and she had me play the Moonlight Sonata. Uh-huh. And when I was playing it, 
the, the, if you don't know, the Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven is oh, yeah. one of the most boring songs. That's just <laughs> it's a fucking loop the whole time, yeah, bro. Yeah, and it's yeah. really slow. Yep. Uh-huh. And the the third movement is awesome. It's like sure. a lot of yeah, it like gets lit. Yep, turns fast. up. <laughs> but the first is just boring. <laughs> and so I'm playing this thing, and halfway through, my mind drifted, and I forgot where I was. <laughs> So it was too late for me to start over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't figure yeah. out where I was. So you start freestyling? What'd you nah, do? <laughs> I, closed the, I closed it and walked out. Oh, damn. And I told my parents I would never play piano again. Whoa, and Whoa. this was in front of like an audience of people. Yeah, there was an audience there and Whoa, everything. And okay. my, but the funny thing was the next time that I played piano was on Jay Leno. Oh, what? Shut the hell up. You yeah. were on Jay Leno? Yeah. Playing well, this, piano. Years later. Um, Whoa. we were, this is, this is our first time doing Leno and, um, and we wanted to separate ourselves from like just other rap groups yeah. Yeah. and we were big fans of the Beastie Boys and they're oh, like yeah. instrumentalists yeah. and stuff. So like, what can we do? So we're like, you know, they're like, bro, why don't you, why don't you play the piano for Rocketeer? Ooh. And oh, I was like, I love oh, that song. I, yep. I have not played in front of people in such a long time. Uh. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was nervous as shit, but the wow. next time that I played piano in front of people was literally... On Jay Leno. That's crazy, dude. That is, dude. Wild, <laughs> that is crazy. wild. That's super dope, though. I mean, like, you just surprise folks with, like, yo, check out this other skill that you didn't know I had, right? <sighs> um, dude, let's talk about the hustle, man. Like, the grind. So, Far East Movement. Um, when did you guys start? When did you guys form? Um, I mean, we were always, like, freestyling in parking lots. Um, but I would say we started taking it seriously, like, probably, like, when I was, like, finishing up college. And so like all like two thousand, I shouldn't even say this again. But <laughs> early two hey, thousands, early two thousands, got we it. Were, we were, um, and then it was just the three of us: it was me, Kevin, Jay. Yeah, like we used to freestyle with all the homies, but then the three of us really took it more serious. Kev is funny because, yeah. like, Kev would be like, you know what, you should, uh, you should like write some of your raps sometimes. So like, Ooh. me and Jay were like, oh yeah, you know what, you're right. So right. we took the whole next week and like wrote a bunch of verses, Sick. came over. We had like three like really fire 16s Hell like, yeah. ready to go, right? Yep. So then they, they dropped the beat and we start rapping and shit. And then Kev pulls out a Bible, bro. Like, <laughs> like this <laughs> huge, huge notepad just full of rhymes. Whoa. Like, you know, he's just he was ready he's been writing, he's been writing for a very long time. That's so that dope. was that was a trip. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. take it back. So uh like, did you guys all meet through school? Like, how did you guys even, like, know each other? Oh, we're all high school buddies. All high school buddies. Yeah, okay. so um, me and Jay went to high school together. And then Kev was with all the his homies. from. They were from Torrance. Okay. Oh, time. And um, they would just come down to K-Town all the time to hang out. So, therefore, we would just all end up intermingling. And we had a one homeboy who went who moved from, like, PV Torrance over to L.A. And uh, he was, like, the connector between both yeah. of us. Um, but it's funny, like, that's what makes you lazy as a K-Town kid later. Cause like everyone comes to you. Like I, I <laughs> yeah, never want to go to the OC or anything like, nah, yeah. far. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. nothing really over. Well, I'm in the OC. Oh, you are? Yeah. This I'm is in a the hell OC. of a drive then. It's yeah. It's not too bad when you get to listen to the same song over again, making moves in your head. Ah, <laughs> what's your bad. favorite song to uh, do moves to? Oh man. You know, lately it's been like nineties music. There's like a, a Spotify list that I got. That's, oh, which uh, one? Energizing Classics. I use oh, it when I work out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it has a lot of solid hits and just a lot of different melodies that you just don't listen to nowadays or you don't get nowadays, you know? Interesting. So, 
Usually I do that, but the drive is super far. And there's not a lot of... Well, they're starting to have more stuff in the OC now. Um, they're trying to get that food market out there. That thing's been surviving. It's but. a lot of fun, though. I've been, I, I remember going out to the OC, and, and there's a lot of pretty girls out oh, there, yeah. bro. Like, oh, for sure. I always want to stay out there, but then, like, it's a hell of a drive back. So yeah. I think OC is getting... Like, it's starting to get cracking now. Like, Fullerton's tight. Like, downtown Fullerton's dope. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. We it's crazy, that, bro. Yeah. Like, Fullerton, actually... Like some of the craziest gangsters I've ever met were like Fullerton. Oh guys. yeah, Whoa. for sure. Which is what people like never think about that because they think that they're suburbanites. Yeah, yeah. But like these dudes are the ones who like take it even further because oh, they sure. have that chip on their shoulder. Like, yeah. oh you, oh you think I'm, you think I'm soft? Like, <laughs> let me show you what this gun dude yeah. is like. It's because they, <laughs> they have a university in their town. It's like, <laughs> nobody else has a university besides like Long Beach, but Long Beach has a lot of crazy people too. Oh yeah, yeah certain yeah, sides yeah. of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so, crazy. Yeah. So, like, you, you grew up around music because your parents were in it. You hated playing the piano and all that. So, like, what what was the, the, the point from where you're like, okay, screw this classical stuff. I'm going to rap. Like, when did that happen? Oh, I hated classical music. I still hate classical music. Whenever I hear opera yeah. or orchestra music, it drives me nuts. Even to this day. Yeah. Like, okay. we, we went to Hollywood, I went to the Hollywood Bowl with, with my girl, like, uh, for July 4th. Yeah. And even that, I just, I just can't do it. Oh, damn. <laughs> do it it just drives me crazy wow um, okay so but then i my parents were like hella strict yeah so i would like sneak in like my mom's like little walkman and yeah. like buy like i don't know like an mc hammer tape and just like listen like under the covers like at night while i was going to sleep or like i'd be in front of the boom box and i'd stuff little tissue papers into like the the cassettes so Whoa. i could record versions of songs on the radio you know, because like during that time, you couldn't download anything. Yeah. So you just had to find a song and then when it played on the radio, record it. So like you get really pissed off if like the, <laughs> the, the MC was talking hella while the while the instrumental is going like right before the song yeah. drops. But you'd have to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then I would listen to that kind of stuff. It's funny. And one time I, I think my dad confiscated like all of my stuff. Whoa. And I had like a like a huge collection of just tapes that i had gotten and then a couple of tapes that i had saved up money for and bought and my dad was throwing it away and like i love my mc hammer tape and, I, and i'd already, and i'd saved it for this occasion i was like dad look there's a song that says pray on it <laughs> so this is okay right <laughs> no no yeah his name is hammer no. <laughs> so that was that was crazy and then i remember when my mom was looking through it too and then there was a there's a cd from like um i think it was like the black crows uh, yeah and the whole time i didn't know but i thought it was the the cover of it was a was a a, a skeleton it was a, the skull of a cow right oh. like like with like horns and stuff right <laughs> she points at it and that's when i realized that it wasn't you know a cow's skull painted red white and blue it was a bikini bottom <laughs> <laughs> and the top of it had pu- the girl had pubes coming no out the way, bro. What? <laughs> totally didn't know. Off the hook. Yeah, if you guys look on, on if you guys Google that, I yeah. think it's a Black Crows or some, something like that. But yeah, it, I remember that. I lost all my, I had to start all over again. Oh, oh man. Damn. Music collection gone. That sounds <laughs> elaborate. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Wow, okay. So then like you got, you started getting into the music side, but then at what point were you like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start writing. I'm going to be a rapper. Um, yeah, probably when we were like, like 20 or so. Right. And then like, um, 
I remember I think we had like we would download beats off Napster and just like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep and just like try to rap to them and then like try to mix it and Kev was like pretty good at like figuring out like good mixes so um we'd do that um man that was a long time ago yeah. it's crazy if I think about all that and then we started like doing like little open mics they had like uh Asian hip hop summit Whoa. And we'd, yeah. we'd host those at the yeah. Firecracker in Chinatown. Oh, I remember, yeah, Firecracker, Boba spot. Delight, K-Town, yep. all that kind of stuff. We I've never all, heard of any of those. You know what <laughs> about that is, well, the Firecracker still exists. Oh, oh Chinatown is still popping. Yeah. Oh, word. that place um, dope. It's like we're yeah. um, like General Lee and yeah, like around yep. there, all that kind of stuff. But um, the interesting part about that though is that like that little uh, crew. It's like you know, like, not to ever compare yourself, but mm. like they always say, things come in generations, right? Yeah. Like Death Row, you got like Snoop, Dre, the Dog Pound, like Pac. All that was like in the same little thing. Yeah. Like Biggie, Method, you know, Nas, you know, the Woo, all that. There was all in a little click of things at the same time. Yep. And like, not to say we're anything of that, but like our little generation was definitely like pioneers. I would say of like asian american entertainment for so it, sure so it wasn't just like and it was weird though too right because there wasn't enough artists to like have genres mm. so it would be like the hip-hop summit but it'd be like us and it'd be like a punk band called nemo and then like a a roots inspired like a like jazz rap group called like illigan and then like the leader of that was actually randall park Whoa. So oh, Randall I remember Park, Illigan. fresh off fresh yeah. off the boat. Yeah. He's actually like a fantastic rapper. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, he's in the new movie. Uh he's in the Ant Man movie too, I think. Oh, is he? he? That's yeah. great. I love that guy, man. Yeah, he's that guy's so, killing it, dude. If yeah, you guys like and some of his old stuff, like his old uh shorts, like uh like Doctor Miracles or like the Baby Mentalist. Whoa. Y'all check those out. They're so Whoa. funny. That fool's ahead of his time, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that dude's killing it, man. It's a funny story. We, I, I wasn't a part of Kinjas at the time, but apparently, like, what, what, were you in that performance where Randall Park was a part of a Kinjas performance? No way. It was like a, he, he did a small too? cameo. He could do anything. No, I wasn't a part of that. Okay, one. I think yeah, Mike was telling me that there was one smaller show. They did some sort of like Asian like awards show or something like that, and then Randall Park came out and like like killed killed somebody on stage. That was just like a part of the the show that we Whoa. did. So it was this <laughs> funny little thing. I for sure was not a part of that because yeah. I would remember that for. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like no, something I would remember. Random Park's definitely <laughs> killing the game. Yeah. Um. Cool. So then, like, yeah, you guys started doing the open mics and started hosting these things. And then, what was like the point where like you guys had like your um like pop off like breakthrough like moment or whatever? Um, I would say that that's it's really funny. Um, we had a lot of false starts. Mm. So it's like I remember like our first big break. We had a song on Fast and Furious Three. Yeah, which is <clears throat> it was hilarious because um, our friend Evan, um, he used to drive Justin Lin to the um, to to set every day as his AD and would uh, play our our CD for him every day oh, to brainwash him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hell but yeah. Justin is also like super committed to the community. Mm-hmm. So like if you look like he he rewrote the Fast and Furious three. Like to like even have a part about Tokyo because it's about drifting and yeah. it's like, oh you talking about oh that was two right Tokyo drift was was that three, yeah, three. oh shoot okay my but bad. he so he like he wanted he brought more Asian things into the light yeah. like and like or like how he looked after Sung Kang and put him on like a bunch of things yeah so yeah, yeah. he's always been about that kind of stuff and for us 
So this was like one of his first big movies yeah. for Justin. Like after he had done like a bunch of like indie films, we had done the the lead single and the title song for one of his uh, independent movies called Finishing the Game. Went to Sundance with them. Everything it was it was really dope. But and he his first movie, Better Luck Tomorrow, was actually funded by Hammer. Oh, wow. he like down to his lap. He he needed like another hundred, two hundred grand to like, yeah. get his movie done, and he ended up seeing Hammer at like Radio Shack and talking. Brought <laughs> like, cash on him. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, yeah. So um, so Justin, when he made the the Fast and Furious movie, it was entirely too long, and so they started cutting all these scenes, and he fought to keep our scene on, like because literally. Our song is in the most random, stupid part of that movie that has nothing to do with anything. It's I a, hate that. It's a cutaway yeah. of just the aerial shot of Tokyo, and people are playing soccer on top of a roof, and our song plays for like two seconds. Yeah. But he fought and kept it there just to take just to take care of us, Damn. which led us to being locked into the music, uh, the the soundtrack. Oh yeah. And then when we got on the soundtrack, we got paid. <clears throat> Like a good amount of money yeah. for us at the time. I think it was like thirty grand or something. Mm-hmm. Damn. And so, um, so we were like, "Oh man, this is our huge break. We're gonna we're we're dropping everything. We're gonna go yeah. fucking be uh, you know full timers." And then we would so we get booked to shows too. But the funny thing is, we get booked for all these shows and we perform. And at the very end of it, people would always come up to us and be like, "Hey, you know, it's great, but um, why don't you guys play your song?" <laughs> so, oh, turns no. out that they booked us because they thought we were the teriyaki boys oh, no they were on that same we yeah same yeah yeah, yeah. Like, fast him yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so like yeah 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 oh yeah we play it sometimes you know it's like you know it's hit or miss bro you gotta book us again like yeah maybe next time you'll yeah get so that's um good. that's funny hey, i was so hyped though when I, I remember when i watched that and then i heard your guys song i was like oh shoot yeah these guys are on now you and, know what i'm saying so, and we thought we were on but yeah. man i gotta watch it again just to look for that oh, two yeah. second just, scene it's like, <laughs> and we're not it's it anyways it, it worked out um but we went broke and it was oh, funny too. It's like man. that song was actually the first like more song that we actually made a deliberate effort to make a pop record. Yeah. Like before that, like we tried to do all this underground shit and like and so to feel a little bit of validation sure. definitely showed us that we were like we were trying to do something different. Yeah. I mean, we're never gonna like lyrical miracle beat anybody. Which one was it? Was it G six? That one was round round. This oh, was okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got that. you, got you. Yeah. G six was my jam. <laughs> Sorry, let's let's get there. Let's build, guys. I'm <laughs> oh, just fine. I'm yeah, getting too excited and stuff. No um but uh but yeah so you after the movie you guys thought you guys made it blah 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 and then then, we went broke uh uh-huh and that's that's when you realize that like you know everyone's human sure you know that everyone gets touched it's like the first time you get beat up and shit too it's like that's that feeling reality like when you're like you're down to two months you know and then you have to go back and then you're like you know something's gonna save me something's gonna come up something's gonna come up and it never comes up yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) and then that happened actually like three or four times where like we would make money and then we'd save and then we'd try to do it again and then like go for a little bit and then dry up. And then by the fourth time, it was just like, man, you know, just trying to make it. And, were, and we're a little bit older now too and everything. And I actually, it was like the third time I was in law school and I was like between my first and second years of law school was when this it started picking up again. Yeah. And I went from like top something percent to like the lowest of the low like i had like the record for like the amount of drop in gpa and like wow and then my counselor even pulled me aside and asked me you know if i was on drugs 
<laughs> and I told them, I was like, nah, I'm just like, I can't juggle yeah, it. Yeah. So I actually left school for a couple of years again, just like make it happen. But after two years, we went broke again. Damn. And I was like thinking about it and I was like, damn, like, what can I do? And then it turns out that you have to finish law school in five years or you start back from the LSATs. Oh, what? shit. Yeah. I so, never knew that. So I was like, man, if I'm going to do that, I might as well just go back to school take the and take the loan money yeah and use that for 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 uh you know all of our stuff right right and just try to make it happen so i did that i was literally in school for like i had to finish a year and a half worth of school in like like six months or something like that and it was it was rough wow so every day from like 9 a.m to 9 p.m you're in law school like with with plans to be a lawyer or like that was kind of was that like was music like the just the artist's passion side and you weren't really trying to like make that happen or was like law school was kind of like the contingency like just in case this music stuff doesn't pan out i'm gonna be a lawyer no it was more like it's really weird because i it never dawned on me that i wanted to be a musician until like i was like in my early 20s and i was already far into like i had i had gone to use like like uh, undergrad like as a poli sci major because I wanted to be a lawyer. I'd sure. always had that in my head. Got it. So this this so as it was happening, the music thing was happening, I was like juggling it, but it never was like a pick a pick a side kind of thing. Uh, Same time, like if I was gonna do anything and like I never it's weird, but I never lost faith that we were gonna, you know, get what we were gonna get. So um and, and if anything it just helped me. Yeah. It helped me learn about different things and, and how to approach you know, business when it comes to music as well, because what ended up happening was, was that a lot of times we wouldn't get picked up for shows. So we get, we'd have to build our own businesses. So we built a, like a a publishing company, you know, and I learned about music publishing. We learned about, um, you know, like event production and how to like look at event contracts and negotiate those types of deals. Um, so yeah, like it kind of ended up helping a lot along the same process. That's so admirable, That's man. That's so crazy. I feel like a lot of people reach that point too, and then they don't they don't know how to like uh, either hire someone too, or they can't, and they don't understand it, and they just kind of give up on it. But to like know that you went through that, just to like even and get a lot of things from it, is pretty crazy, dude. It's well, I'm, crazy I'm lucky it. though because um, I'm part of a squad, uh, and the lucky part about it is that like everyone kind of had a role, and we accepted our roles very quickly. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like Kev, Kev is a creative genius. So when it comes to hit, like, you know, coming up with song concepts before I even get there so Whoa. that we can start like working on a record right away and it yeah. gets quicker, like he's on that, you know, like Verman, like he's putting together a set or like, you know, sending over, you know, refs to make beats and all that kind of stuff and like That's putting tight. that stuff early. And like Jay during that time was doing a lot of like leg work. And so all of us were like balancing each, each other out to a certain extent. Yeah. So that really helped. And like it motivates you really. Absolutely. So I'm like, I got to bring something to the table. For sure. So yeah. if anything, like these fools are dumbasses because they're, you know, also <laughs> not only just making records, but they need to make money, so they're all selling drugs. <laughs> so they need to get, if I need to get them out of jail, I should yeah. probably learn the law. <laughs> it's like, trust me, guys, you're gonna need me someday. Yeah. Dang, man. So, Whoa. so you guys were rocking independent all this time, right? So there's yeah. no label backing you. No. You guys doing it all yourself? No, pretty much. I mean, we had uh, a lot of help from our friends and a lot of help from just the Asian community. Honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a lot of the folks in the back. Like, we might not have had like a big, you know like John Cho or somebody like that and David Chang to go yeah. out there and fucking fight for us. But yeah. at the same time, you had a lot of people in the back end of things that were at BMG or like Sony and sure. stuff like that would like just throw us little things. Like mm-hmm. John from the Stereotypes, he used to be an A&R at Interscope. Oh, tight, and he would yeah. take old beats from like 
like high tech and stuff like that and just like toss them our way and like Sick. just like give us give us little looks here and there that yeah. other people weren't able to access sure. at the time so yeah, yeah I, I remember like during that time like in the early 2000s like I would see you guys rock shows like collaboration and stuff like oh, that, yeah, right? Like, the, that like, yeah, like this is the oh. like the come up. And I remember I was like, "Yo, man, these these cats, Far East Movement, they're like they're doing it." Because I mean, you know, at the time there was no real like Asian American representation within like urban culture, let alone like hip hop and the music side of things. So like, I was already a fan because I'm like, "Yo, these dudes are like Asian." I'm like you already got my support, you know. And then and then like to see you guys really get that break too was like, man, like. In my mind, I'm like, man, I've seen the hustle, and finally, you know, like, they're there. You know what I'm saying? They're getting that recognition. So that was really dope to see. So, like, straight up props to you guys for being able oh, to, like, it, make that kind of noise. And you know what I'm saying? That's really dope. I, You know what's interesting, though, is, like, looking at the kids now and, like, the talent back then. I mean, of course, like, everything is, you know, contextual, you know? Like Will Chamberlain was tight at his time, yeah, yeah. you know, but he would never last, yeah. you know, in in the NBA today kind of thing. And that's what I see when I see like us, even and like we're like not even that many generations removed. Yeah. But looking at the way, like man, some of these kids are just just amazing, man. Yeah. The way that they uh, consume content and the way that they're able to access music, yeah. so that they're they're just their that their knowledge. And they're able to touch like you know their DAW systems like super early, mm. so they know what they're doing like recording records like way early, and like it's just the artistry is like on a different level. Yeah, it's super cool, man. Yeah. But at the same time, when I watch some of these cats and I see the way that they're like writing their records, or you know, it's one some of the things they're doing, or like when the way that they take their sh- their shoots and all that kind of stuff, I'm right. like, oh, we. We helped you with that. <laughs> yeah, you don't you even guys, know it, but we did. Yeah. You guys helped yeah. out a lot of other people, even like. Just seeing Asian representation, like, just on the main media, it just automatically gives you hope. I feel like for every young Asian American, you, you're so confused at a young age yeah. to where you can fit, you know? And and for me, when I saw you guys up there, I was like, oh, word, like, I never really thought that I could, like, even shoot for something like that because I didn't even know it was an option. Mm. You know what I mean? So for these young kids, man, like, it's because of you guys that even gave them that thought to continue following their arts you know but you know at the same time though it like like i said it was a it was a timing thing too because like the jabberwockies were doing it during that time as well there was like um like russell peters was out there during that time it was just like like you know like just little things popping up just to get the ball rolling it definitely wasn't just us oh for sure yeah yeah Yeah. but you guys you know we're part of it though yeah absolutely (laughs) you know like i i if I look back on it now, it's 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 kind of like I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that time because I remember running into you a lot uh, during those times. Like you, you mentioned, Jabberwockies, and it, it was because yeah, like both of us were kind of doing doing stuff in our respective like lanes, but like people would like you know would come up to us like at the airport like oh you guys far east movement oh wow <laughs> like, you know what i'm saying like just because like people just don't know any better like, oh asians in entertainment they all look the same let years. me let me tell you a story yeah. bro. let me tell you a story <laughs> so this is when the uh the all-star game the nba all-star game was in uh phoenix yeah this is when you guys came out we when, did, well, yeah. when the jaguar came out with shack we did the shack oh, thing yeah, yeah. so we didn't know that, right? And we came over, and literally every time we we're walking past, my people start doing like break dancing moves. <laughs> Why do they keep doing that, man? Like, I hate this, right? Yeah. And then um, we get over, and then uh, we were doing a celebrity basketball game. It was like us, Jim Jones. 
Baby Bash, a oh, bunch of other people. Jim Jones yeah. is actually an amazing basketball player. Is he like, really? This will take it to the hole every oh, time. Dang. He's unstoppable. Uh-huh. But anyways. <laughs> um, so we're, we're walking in and then like, you know, people are just telling us what's up. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like yeah. I guess they I guess they know who we are. You know, that's just <laughs> yeah. dope, right? And then right when we go past, you know, um, you know, Willie Northpole comes over. Willie Northpole was a rapper that was signed on the Ludacris at the time. He was okay. like the only he was like the only rapper from Arizona that was popping at the time. Okay. So he comes over and he goes, Hey, what's up, guys? I was like, Oh, oh yeah. And we had seen him like maybe like two years ago. Uh-huh. And we're like, Oh, this fool remembers us. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. He's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I just didn't recognize y'all without your swag on. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell he was saying. Right. So yeah. like, all right, cool. And then so we're walking through and we go to the court, and then the security guards come over and he goes, you guys better be able to ball better than you can dance. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> who do you think we are? Talking about? Yeah. Right? So then, and then, we're, and then finally, one, I think I think it was Verman. Verman was like, yo, it's crazy. I think the Jabberwockies are here. I think everyone thinks we're the Jabberwockies. <laughs> and I was like, we're like, oh, that makes sense, right? Yeah, and yeah. Right when we're doing that, Willie Northpole comes back to us, right? And he gets Jay. He, put, he puts his armor on Jay's shoulder. And Jay looks him in the eye and he's just like, fuck, don't do it. Like, doesn't say it, but yeah. he looks at him. <laughs> this dude, really North Pole, and he's like, he's hosting the whole thing. So a big camera in front oh, of him. No. He's at a mic. He's like, yo, what's up? It's your boy, Willie North Pole, DTP. I'm here with my homies, the Jabberwockies. Oh, my God. So Jay, Jay's just <laughs> pissed off, right? So he looks just like, he goes, yo, 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 I don't want to tell you this, but like, no, no, we're, we're the Far East movement. He goes, Oh, 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 my bad, my bad. Let's let's do that over again. <laughs> so he goes over and he goes like, yo, what's up? It's Willie North Pole, DTP, Disturbing the Peace. I'm over here with my homies with the Far East Movement dance crew. Like, <laughs> 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 Willie North Pole, dude. This is what? wild. Man, that's freaking good. That was pretty funny. That's right? freaking I was wanting to tell you that one. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Funny, dude. That was good. Man, but dude, I don't know, man. That was that was like, yeah, that that time. This is like probably two thousand eight, nine, right? That yeah. that era. That was when like a lot of uh, I feel like Asian Americans were doing a lot of things in entertainment. Not that we weren't before, but I feel like there's a lot of noise. And I think it was the the urban movement. I would say right from dance to hip hop. And I think, because um, I'm, I'm sure you guys have done tons of interviews where people ask you that question, like, how does it feel uh, to be an Asian American in the entertainment industry? As if, like, that's like, there's, we're like some sort of anomaly, right? Or like, <laughs> where did you guys come? Like, how did you guys get talent all like, of a what sudden? Did this yeah, like, who taught you this? <laughs> what mutant are you? Yeah. How much did you sell your soul for? That <laughs> <answer>? Right? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, with that though, like, um, like, what were some of the things that, uh, I guess, I don't know anything that was like annoying to you but like how how were you receiving all that at the time you know i mean at first it starts to annoy you right because you know i mean you start reading the comments yeah and people are saying stuff like you know you udon slurping (laughs) kimchi smelling abacus using just just like drop wow yeah like and even like when we would start doing shows and stuff like we'd just get hate you see all the comments like coming up like after we did tv yeah and like oh now I get it, Far East Movement. Oh, like, you know, because we're just a song. Sure. And then you see them, you're like, oh, oh, they're Asian? What? Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's interesting. Like, all those types of, like, you know, uh, that kind of ignorance, yeah. that actually ends up being used for, like, your benefit. You know True. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. later, like, down the line, 
when when things were popping for us, um, like we'd get all these brand deals and stuff like that, and we couldn't even do all of them. So we started telling these guys, like like all these brands, about like you know all these popping YouTube acts. Yeah. And people did not understand. They didn't think the YouTube acts during that time were like legitimate stars. Whoa. So. Like we started doing these brand deals and like putting together our our international secret agent concerts with our, our yeah. friends at Wong Fu Productions, yep. which is which reminds me, watching uh, coming in here makes me realize y'all shot everything of, of Yappy here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. That yeah, was yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we we would do these shows and it was really really funny because like. We would do meet and greets at mm-hmm. like these Verizon stores or whatever, right? Where we'd sell tickets, and mm-hmm. it was, that was part of like the sponsorship deal, you know, in order to get the money. And this is like at the height of our shit. Yeah. And these kids would line up like an hour, like two hours, like just lining up to like meet us, right? And mm-hmm. it'd be like us, Wong Fu, Ryan Higa, mm-hmm. Kev oh, Jumba yeah. at the time, yeah, all those guys, and these kids would run right past us to go and take <laughs> pictures yeah. with those guys. Yeah. And, like, it just really got them to get, you know. So that's why, like, we started seeing, like, um, all these brands going and doing, like, direct shows with all these cats, which at first we were kind of pissed off about. Like, <laughs> we started this gangster yeah. shit. Like, What's going on over here? Yeah, Where's the love yeah. I say? But, like, you know, it's good for everyone to get right, the money and right, stuff. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. That's crazy. Word, man. So, like, within that whole journey from, you know, you guys, like, trying it, making it, going broke, and then doing it again, at what point were you, like, able to, like, sort of, like, figure it out, so to speak? I mean, we're still figuring it out, bro. Yeah. It's like... And it's all, I mean, figuring it out. What does that really mean, right? Yeah, <laughs> just means you're making money because you just do it, <laughs> right? You know, right, so yeah. just I would say we figured it out. Like when we, it was, it's like a combination of things, but it definitely had to do with us like understanding ourselves and understanding our weaknesses, yeah, and what we are and what we aren't. Mm-hmm. And like as rappers, we realized that we were not. We're never gonna be, you know, super battle MC. So we always crafted ourselves to make party music, yeah, and to make songs that were more based upon like a feeling rather than, you know, a message yeah. per se, right? Um, and then um, it 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 actually really clicked because like at one point we made a whole mixtape based on us rapping on dance records like Whoa. daft punk shit mm-hmm. and like it got pulled down from like uh, itunes like in like three days because they found it but we still sold mixtapes and then yeah. we would do our performances with these dance records yeah Whoa. and the way that the people like really started like moving when we played the dance records as compared to doing like troy or you know 93 till infinity like those types mm-hmm. of records like mm-hmm. yeah it it was different so when we started seeing that, we started really focusing and pushing towards that. And we were telling our friends about it. And then one day, uh, I think it was John Yip. John Yip called Kev. John from the Stereotypes called Kev. And John was working a lot with Bruno Bruno Mars at the time. Whoa. And they called and they were like, yo, you guys have to come over. Because we had been friends for a long time. He's mm-hmm. like, you guys have to come over. We have your record. And then mm-hmm. we drove over to their, their crib because that's where they were recording at the time. And they played us this record. It's called Girls on the Dance Floor. Hey, oh, I remember yeah. that song. Yeah. I love that song. Bruno yeah. came up with that, the girls on the dance floor. That was Bruno's idea. Whoa. Whoa. So, we, so we heard that. We cut it um, that day. And then um, and and uh, and then Verman gave it to E-Man. And then they just got, and that shit just fucking yeah, dude. blew up real yeah. fast. That was on power like all day, bro. It was so just on rotation. that was like yeah. literally overnight. It, yeah. We had no radio promo budget, nothing. That It just it just sparked we went on mix show once and it just kept going that's crazy the funny part about that is we had never like had um 
we we had never like really had shows before, right? Except for the ones that we put together or like, you know, favors that people would do for us at Asian clubs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um all of a sudden we started getting hella booked. You would never guess that there's that many nightclubs in Los Angeles. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. For one yeah. month, like I think it was February, we in a twenty eight day month, we did like thirty shows. Wow. Whoa. Like thirty five shows sometimes. Like, all in LA. All in LA. Just driving to little places here and there, doing like two, three songs, collecting five hundred bucks. Hell yeah. Just grab it. Sometimes we wouldn't get paid. Sometimes I got socked in the face. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, just little things here and there, Wild, just like crazy man. shit. Like yeah. where we would be, you know, and but it was exciting because we had never gotten paid like that before. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like that. That was definitely a thing. And then later, when we were making like, uh, like G six, G six actually, we met with the Cataracts, and the Cataracts were trying to play us like a bunch of like, like one twenty eight records. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, hey, but we got these girls on the dance floor record that's really popping. Why don't yeah. we make a record like this? Mm-hmm. And that's when they came up with that bounce. Mm. And that so everything kind of like formed from there. Which is funny because like G six actually was this record that we didn't even like we didn't even want at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we that's went crazy. Like Kev Kevin Niles, they went through like sixteen versions of that record. Dang. Like there were so many versions that we didn't know what was what anymore. Like if mm. you heard the first version like it had so many like breakdowns and different raps and all these kind of things. It was like it's crazy. Yeah. Oh man, don't tell me that. Now I want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, um, that's crazy. Yeah. So we and then we had that record and then but then our our with Interscope like they wanted us to do our whole record with the stereotypes. So like we never thought that record was anything. And then we put it in the in mixtapes, gave it out. Yeah. It was nothing. And that record by itself, like we saw one day, it's like a few months after we put it out. And not promoted or anything, but on YouTube, on YouTube it hit like a million views, which during that time is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, just like, and it just moved on its way. And then like, when we were at Interscope, um, our A and R was like, you know, what about this record? And we're like, I don't know. He's like, I got, I got a feeling about this uh-huh. one. And that it just, it, it, you never would have guessed it. When did Interscope come into the picture? Interscope came in around like two thousand nine. Okay, so this was like. During like this was during Girls on Dance Floor. Gotcha. It was like during the tail end. Of was Girls that on the Dance was Floor. that the one that like got you attention over at Interscope? Was Girls on the Dance yeah, Floor? Yeah, definitely. Got it was Jimmy Iovine's son. Whoa. Okay. Jamie Iovine. His uh, he was his he was a DJ during that time. His mm. name was DJ I. Yeah. Or Iovine. Okay. He had a big eyeball mask. <laughs> and, uh, but he told he told his dad about our record, and um, it's funny, man. We we had a dinner one time at Jimmy's house, uh-huh. and it was like us. It was Mary J. Blige, Mary J. Blige's manager, Quincy Jones. Holy crap. Um, Will I Am, uh, Jimmy, obviously, um, R A and R, Martin Kirzenbaum, who's like mm-hmm. the guy who did like Lady Gaga tattoo, like yeah. you know, Robin, Ellie Golding, all that kind of stuff. And then all the hitters. So, yeah, yeah, we're so uh-huh. we're all over there hanging out and we're just like so he feeds us and then we watch inglorious bastards and this is before it really came out too okay what yeah in his house we're watching inglorious bastards with like all these stars and at the very end of it jimmy comes over and he's like so uh you guys 
jumping on board. We're like, hell yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm just here to eat dinner yeah. and watch a movie, you know. The crazy thing was, out. I, mean, he, I could have been like on some Jerry Maguire, like, you had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had interned at Interscope for years. That's like, wild, well, like Maybe like dude. 10 years before that, we had interned there because Interscope was our dream label. If you think about it, like all the hot shit hell in yeah. like the 90s came out of there, yep. whether it was Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, yep. No Doubt, Marilyn Manson, uh, just like, everything that was hot back every mm-hmm. all the hot shit was coming out of there so that mm-hmm. was like always our dream label yeah. and the oh. fact that we got the m&m oh like, yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? like to think that that was where we were gonna get signed was just like, That's so crazy dream come true for sure wow dang so interscope popped off and then so you guys got a bunch of hit records i feel like during that time that sound that that kind of like party like turn up sound was like it was hot and like um that was yeah it was like everywhere like on the radio anytime i would like turn on power or like any la radio station for that matter like you little body all that, over that, there yeah, yeah with like was, siphon deluxe yeah. and everything lmfao lmfao yeah. was killing it back then too they would do their yeah, for sure that. yeah their club shows with like them a look a girl in a bikini and like a, a beach chair yeah, like a, and a beach ball, and they yeah. would perform like that. They're so good. They yeah. started like the shuffle movement too. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like, those fools, like people, people sleep on them, and they might think that they're goofy because of what they wear and all that. Yeah. But when it just comes to like pure performance value, like they're fucking. Oh, they're amazing, entertaining, bro. Yeah, they're absolutely. fucking amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks. So, um, okay. So from that point, like, uh, you guys were like, touring, putting on shows, like you guys were getting booked like left and right. And then like you guys eventually started your own label though, right? Yeah. So like after, um, after our second album, uh, Jimmy left to go to Beats and, and, um, that started like a whole Game of Thrones over at Interscope where Dang. everyone was trying to be the boss mm-hmm. and we just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Mm. So, um, we asked for our release and love, luckily, um, Martin, who was our A&R, was very cool about it and let us slide. Like we heard about people who have been stuck in there for like, stuck in the release system for like years. Wow. Crazy. Luckily. So like, you guys were like under contract, but were you able to just yeah, kind of like let, slide they out? Let, they let us ride oh, out. Word. And then we spent some time just figuring our shit out yeah. and we really realized that like fuck man like there's a lot of cool shit that's happening in asia right now mm. and we went out there met with people and then you know we started our, our grind independently and the one thing that we did realize though that when we were at interscope was that um the markets that we did the best in were always the one where where we where the partner over there was like uh, a native partner was when like Interscope linked in with like a delicious deli in Japan, which was like its own label. Mm-hmm. And they just like licensed some of Interscope's music, you know, it's cause like they, these people have a lot on the line. They have a lot of pride. So they're going to go hard for you, you know? Yeah. So that's what we learned. And that's what we did with our next, our next record. Like we went out and we did direct deals with, you know, like Indonesia, Korea, Japan, China, that way, like you'd never have to worry about like, you know, are they doing the right promotions? Are they are they making sure that shit's out there? Like, I can just pick up a phone and call. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're friends. Oh, yeah. Know? So that was definitely a thing. Um, and we had this whole concept of doing like a, a an album that like bridged, uh, you know, bridged uh cultures. Oh. So like our first single was with like Marshmallow, Tanache, and Chanyo from like, XO. Yeah. And like the whole album was kind of like that with like a lot of K pop artists and stuff. Sick. Um, and when we got to put that out on our own and control our own destiny, that did a that did a lot for us, man. Yeah. And um 
it was definitely something and and we had been building kind of a, a platform for a long time because we had been uh we always wanted to help other people and yeah. all the shit that we've been through we want to be able to like make sure that other people don't have to deal with that and can have a little bit more momentum and not deal with the kind of struggles that we did yeah um so yeah we just started opening our doors a little bit more we had we had been managing for a couple years before that with like like yultron and uh rel the sound bender and a couple other guys but um we started taking on more acts and you know focusing a little bit less on us as just like being touring musicians because at the time we were doing like 200 something shows a year that's a lot and then taking taking a step back and being able to just focus on you know working with different acts and building out our businesses so like that's when we started you know we signed dumbfounded um you know you'll transfer really picking up and to the point now where we sold out the belasco um which is like 1800 tickets we sold that shit out in like four hours yeah he's on, he's on his he's on his way right now yeah. so he's he, hell yeah he's doing he did edc with the benches he did the last um last set and it was like man like literally nobody left it was like thirty thousand people they're just slammed wild <laughs> yeah so that and then we have tiffany now from girls generation oh dope um, she just released her first single we hit number one in like 20 something countries um it's like yeah growing growing it <laughs> trying to make sure that um you know uh we're trying to make sure that the people that that we believe in you know have have that uh have that right chance yeah that's dope that's incredible man i love that i feel like the, the your guys's mentality from day one i feel like you know obviously loving what you do for the music but then having that like that that hustler that never left you so like you're on your own personal grind but at the same time understanding like building business and creating a a legacy to like big it or make it bigger than just you guys right so was that like management side um a part of like the plan always or you guys just kind of like yo like yo we're meeting a lot of great artists like while doing this music thing like maybe we need to like start our own thing where we we start like managing and, and bringing people under I think under it, our umbrella i think it had to do once again with the fact that we're a group mm-hmm. so therefore we compartmentalized yeah and, and everyone had their own thing that they were supposed to do mm. and um so on my end i definitely uh, you know tried to you know grow the business i'm i'm definitely not a great businessman by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> and i've learned that as i've worked with more and more real businessmen that yeah. understand these types of things like i've realized my inequities but um, it was definitely something that, you know, I pushed my energy into and and with the other guys, like, you know, they started off like doing different things, but their interests kind of moved into other things as well. So now all the other guys are doing stuff like the cool thing about what we're doing as a group now is that we have so much trust in each other that we have each of us are a point to a different project instead of like all of us, you know, having different departments for one artist. Mm. It's like it's one guy who's the point for, you know, dumb. One guy who's the point for, you know, Tron. One guy who's the point for Year of the Ox. You know, like it's and, – and just letting them run their business. And when they need to ask us questions or, mm-hmm. or like, you know, certain things like let's say like a negotiation finance thing that yeah. like I don't feel good about even if it's my point and I can pass that over to, you know, Kirby or if I need like a like a hot fucking – idea for a video and i haven't thought about that i could pass that to dpd or mm-hmm. i'm looking for like a dope feature on something i ask i can ask Furman. like that's dope and it's just a, it's a great support system of just like but it's all based on trust yeah that's dope. yeah that's dope i was gonna ask because like you guys went through a lot you know and it's like this and to hear that the group is still like strong and like still trying to like you know just bring things to the table is 
is something that I can look forward to in the future. You know, oh, what I mean? man, that's, that's I'm really not cool, saying man. that it, it always that was. Oh that no, way, for though. sure, we, for yeah. sure. We've been through a lot over the last, especially the last like three years, because Where? of the fact that um, we were making such a different a change from being like 100% artists sure. into being more business guys. Like yeah. and like your roles when you're doing music and you're doing business change. So mm-hmm. every so what you expect people to do change and what you expect out of yourself changes. And it's and it was tough, man. There was yeah. a lot of times where we had some pretty like. Yeah, pretty rough moments. Oh, yeah, like what are some of the hurdles that you would say, like, I mean, uh, starting your own uh, group to like starting your own label, being Asian, like, I mean, there's so many odds stacked against you. And then there's also the thing where people say, like, don't ever go into business with your friends, right? Yeah. And like, I mean, we, we always talk about that as like, well, the people that say that are the ones that have failed. Mm. right you know so like i mean for you guys to still be rocking together i'm sure there was tons of stuff i mean you said it yourself there's a lot of hard times and what what were some of those like hurdles like and how did you guys kind of like power through those things i would say one of the biggest hurdles this is what i talked about it was the fact of finding like redefining roles mm. you mm-hmm. know like because when you're making a song like there's a certain person who's going to be you know have a great idea and you're going to let them run with that or a certain person has like a great cadence and they're going to run with that and you yeah. you know we started off a long time ago we'd like come up with an idea and we'd be like and come up with a hook and they'd be like all right break everybody write their 16s and then yeah. we go into our corners yeah. <laughs> you know yeah but that sounds familiar with us <laughs> exactly yeah that sounds super familiar yeah. but what we realized later was that you know, and this was uh, helpful from the stereotypes and like working in, in different like songwriting um, camps is that instead of doing that, what we do is, you know, like one guy will go in like, you know, freestyle a bunch of cadences, like not mm-hmm. even come up with words, but just like that. And you kind of hear yep, that yep, and then you're yep. like, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. And then we record those and then all of us sit there and fill in the fill fill it in. Whoa. Yeah. And that's how like we started making records. So but that and that process yeah. of and then everyone going towards a specific goal, you know, is different, you know, from business, which is like and especially our business, which is like service based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we just have like one big content company where everything goes to one thing. It's yeah. like everyone's got a different thing where they're out there hustling, yeah. but bringing it back to the to the core yeah you know Mm -hmm. so like and everyone having to figure out that that's not the way that we're doing this shit anymore some it's it was harder for a lot of people to accept yeah so there was a lot of infighting about that and like figuring each other out Mm -hmm. and i definitely made a lot of my own mistakes about everything um and i'm just really glad if anything that i have like that we were in business with friends because these are people who were able to forgive sure. and deal with, you know, the same, those same issues. Yeah. And because like I've known my friends so well, we were able to, you know, get through those types of things. And we still do though, man. Yeah. Like one of my things that I actually have on our list of things that I want to do is like, I want to take, I want to go to therapy with the dudes and mm. just like get it out. Cause like dog, like we haven't like, it's hard, man. With yeah. a bunch of dudes, yeah, like, yeah, you don't talk yeah. about your feelings. You yeah. don't talk about yeah. like work. It's just you. You don't work at it. You work through it. Yeah, you yes. know. I a hundred percent agree with that. Too. Yeah. That's, so that's like, wild. and that's something like you know, I. It's on my list, but we just never have time. But yeah. like, I I want to do it because I always hear about that kind of stuff and how much it helps with mm-hmm. communication. 
And I mean, it sounds it sounds real weak, you know, but it isn't. It's nah. like that's like if you really care and you think that the people that you're working with are going to be the people that you die with, yeah, you know, the people that you grow with the whole way through, up, then you yeah. have then you have to feed it, you have to nurture it. Damn, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, I love that, man. I feel like so I mean that just that just goes to show like the seasoned like you know you guys are veterans with what you guys have been doing and like. Um, I think it's just it's that young guy's mentality that that pride and cockiness of like no I got this myself and like no like you know even if you're wrong you'll never admit it and then yeah like you say you'll work through something rather than like uh, you know like trying to figure something out to make something better right Um, I feel like yeah I mean we've all been in situations where uh, we want something to be done a certain kind of way and then like and it's kind of my way or the highway and like when it ends up being that way things always kind of fall apart you know what i mean and i think when you learn how to uh trust in your brother you know the guy that's next to you knowing that he has skills that you don't but you guys are fighting for the same thing and pushing for the same thing and to be able to trust that i mean mean, you're only going to learn that through like that trial and error right it's interesting when you say that too because it's like you know there there are some times and certain people that it's, you know, my way or the highway, right? Yeah. And that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But then there's also certain times, and I've been a, a problem with this myself, where, like, you know, you try to support other people's ideas so much that you feel like you have been sacrificing mm. so much and mm-hmm. you have a victim's mentality after right. a while. I understand that feeling. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, <laughs> and that, that is just as bad, bro. Yeah. Because yeah. you have nobody to blame but yourself. Yeah. In anything. Right. You know, and that's what I realized like over like the last year and a half is like, you know, I can't finger point anybody but myself. You know, and I also can't neglect myself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I started working on myself. And like the last year and a half, I've just been really doing that. And like sometimes people can see it as greedy, you know, like I I have like a certain time where I'm gonna do my exercise and from yeah. like, you know, that during that time I don't care who's calling right or what i'm, I'm not doing it i'm not yeah, picking yeah, up yeah because yeah. that's my priority yeah, yeah hell and yeah. like but doing those types of things it helps me be a better person and when i know myself and my and and i and i do that for myself it rubs off and it helps everybody yeah. else be that way yeah like i stopped drinking for a while and literally everybody in the last year in our crew has had a a, a good streak where they stop drinking for a while too it's like it's crazy it's healthy yeah yeah positive impact you know yeah. i think that's true though man it's like you really have to have to like get to know yourself, you know, in order to grow. Even if you've been through so much and I've like experienced so much and are still going through things, but now they're just at a higher level of like um, stressful uh, situation or whatever. But I feel like once you work on yourself and you're like really, really at that point of comfortability with yourself and doing what you're doing without the judgment of others. Yeah. I feel like that's a beautiful place to be in, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm happy for you, man. I'm on yeah. the same road, my friend. Same road, dude. It. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. It's awesome, right? Yeah, it's great. A lot of friends get a little mad, but, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like man, I can't go out to drink tonight. I have to, I have to read a book. <laughs> but, you know, I think like that, that concept of self-love, though it may, it can be perceived as being selfish, you know? Yeah. But like, I, I think ultimately, for you to be effective for others, like it has to come from a place of goodness already, right? Like you got to be in a solid place for you to be able to offer anybody anything really substantial or solid, no, you're right. right? Yeah. So I think like yeah, like being able to take care of yourself and and being good with where you're at is going to be a better service to the people that you're around. Right? Absolutely, yeah. bro. Absolutely, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, that's really good. Um. 
Man, uh, so like you know now, like w- w- what's what's on the table now these days? What what's it looking like for you? Like business to life and all that. Well, it's interesting. We're actually in the process of working on our next album. Hell yeah! Sick. Which is like, but it's it's tough, man. As our you know other things become you know more you know popular and more yeah. successful it becomes harder and harder for totally. us to have time to really go into far east movement but luckily you know we've been doing it for so long like there's a certain amount of like planning and like the next like month and a half has to be like really good execution and i gotta get it that we all gotta do get a few things like done mm-hmm. but that's something that we're working on um definitely all of our artists um we have a uh just growing all of our companies right now. We got two labels. We have a publishing company. We have yeah. an events company. Um, we have a radio. Uh, we have a twenty-four hour radio show on Dash Radio. Um, we have twenty-four uh, hour radio show. Well, it's like it's like it's a channel on Dash Radio. Okay. Okay. Dash is like pretty much on like every um, like GM Cadillac. Okay, it's like it's like oh, serious. Yeah, kinda. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like satellite radio. So like thing, yeah. doing that, like it's like a hundred thousand people on it, that kind okay. of thing. So it it's like just really growing the business. Yeah, focusing on on you know that next step, and it's because it's not just about us too, right? It's mm-hmm. about the fact that like people like like our guy DPD, he was a guy where in like he we we when I was saying we were doing like band stuff back in the day he was a lead singer of a punk band called nemo and then later turned into red team go and we would do like shows together in san diego whatever right and then like and then later he went to uh art center mm. and started uh this uh company called future rock stars of america yeah and they did like shirts and stuff like that but mm-hmm. he's like a dope artist yeah and then when we started taking off like we needed our own like illustrator person you know because mm. you can't ever leave that in the hands of the label yeah um so we approached him and he dropped everything and went with us, you know. And our promise to him, though, was that we were going to build Transparent Agency because obviously he couldn't be a part of Far East Movement. Mm-hmm. And Transparent Agency, though, did not get – he didn't have any support for like the first like three, three, four years because we were so busy on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was – he, but he still did it. Like he would go out there, hustle, you know, like do music videos for like different groups and, you know – and put money on the and food on the table and all this and that, but yeah. you know it was tough for him. And like later, you know, when Kirby came along and we started getting other people like Richie and going out there and really helping us out, like it started to grow. But this is a guy who sacrificed a lot. Yeah. And until you know he has a million dollars in his pocket, yeah. like my job over there is not done. Mm. So that's something Hell that yeah. we got. We we're definitely focused on. Was transparent yeah. uh, like his baby? Was that his brainchild, or was that something you guys came up with? together? That was something we came up with together. It was. I mean, you know, the industry. You know, industry is shady. Yeah. So we want to be transparent. Yeah, so I was like, I definitely that. the ideology behind it. Um, it's funny though. We called it agency just because we didn't want to call it like you know group. Right, label. <laughs> right, right. But we didn't really know. You yeah, know, we yeah, just called yeah. it agency. And it, plus, like, if you say transparent agency, it makes people think it's called transparency or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh-huh. but then later, it, it's funny. That's what it ended up being because we kept trying to make ourselves like one of those like brands, mm-hmm. Death Row, Bad mm-hmm. Boy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we're about. We're a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but. We're, we we are an agency, man. We're like we're we're great at services. We're great yeah. at supporting other people, and like that's kind of like what we do. So it's weird how that ends up working yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. How big is your guys' like roster now? Um, we have six uh, artists. So the ones that we mentioned: Tiff, uh, Dumb, 
Tron, uh, Year of the Ox. Yeah. Oh, we got seven. We have this kid, Otto Laser. He's like a producer from Norway. Okay. He's really odd, but I love that guy. <laughs> uh, Rel the Soundbender. He's a he's like an aggro producer, like does like real hard like electronic music, but he's also like a sick, like just like hip hop producer as well. Yeah. Like, he oh. comes from like the times of like, you know, like when Virginia was like popping with like Timbaland and Pharrell, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So he can do Ooh. that kind of stuff, like beatbox dope stuff. Like tight. he's tight. And then we have our little baby. Her name is Satika. She's a little Cambodian girl out of Long Beach. And she's mm-hmm. an amazing singer songwriter. Yeah, you sent me oh, one of her tracks. Yeah. She's fire. She's dope. Yeah. yeah. Out of Long yeah. Beach? That's my hometown. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's the best, man. So, oh, yeah. so she's killing it. Um, so we have those. But then we also have our labels. So we're always like working with different artists all the time. And it's always fun to just meet different people and figure out how they can work amongst having all these resources that we do got. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. dope. Whoa. Um, any regrets? Like anything that if you could change or go back in time and tell your younger self, oh, for sure, watch out for that. Don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's part of the reason why we're doing this in the first place, right? So yeah, we can yeah. tell people, you know, and help people not do the things, or at least tell them because they they, they never listen anyways. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to tell them you know about things but like the first thing i would definitely tell my myself would be um to slow down you know and to to see the forest from the trees you know like we spent so much time with blinders on and it was what i talked about with you last time yeah it's the whole idea and then i learned this at church was that you know peace is a place and not a a peace is a person not a place Mm. so the whole idea about that is that for the longest time we were trying like we hit number one so we were chasing number one. We were chasing mm-hmm, success, mm-hmm. and that, and no matter, we sacrificed everything for that. We were working eighteen, nineteen hours a day, like going home at like seven, eight in the morning every day, just scruffed up, just like, mm-hmm. like going into sessions and working with people and doing things and making videos that you know sometimes didn't even like fit with us, like you know on a on a morality level or whatever, you know, just like bending ourselves sure. to, for, but for what, you know, yeah. to for. For something that we wanted to achieve. Um, but you realize that even if you do achieve it, you don't enjoy it because you're so busy going after the next thing, you know, and you're just running the whole time and you're just stressed out and you have so much anxiety because you're thinking about, you know, just everything else. Yeah. And, but what I realize is that if peace is not a place, but it's a person, it's about, and it's, as cliche as it sounds, it's about enjoying the process, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No matter, even if you go through bad times or good times, and when you're going through bad times, if you know that peace is a person, then peace is riding with you. Then mm-hmm. even when you're going through pain, you know the peace is right there, so you can, it's, it's okay. You can deal with it, Whoa. you know? And like, I would, I would definitely tell myself that. I would also tell myself, don't tour as much. Yeah. It's mm. funny, right? Like mm-hmm. people think that like, you know, you, they're going to change, you're going to change their life after like one show. Right. There's only a certain amount of performers where if, when you watch them, like they're going to impact you forever. Right. Like, you guys mm-hmm. like, watching you want like a performance from you guys. That's, that's like an impactful thing. But wow. for the most thank part, you, yeah, when you, you, when you think about artists, especially like performing artists, mm-hmm. it's a paycheck. It's a way for you to, you know, build your brand, to capture content. But you're going to be your, – your most effective stuff is going to be when you're releasing records and when you're, uh, you know, building your brand online. Like, honestly, right. that's what kids yeah. look at, you know. And the, and the performance is the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. 
you don't need to go out like we did over 200 shows but we got paid shit mm -hmm. because we would take these opening slots for lady gaga or like you know or larue or something which is cool because mm -hmm. you're in front of like new audiences sure. and whatever yeah but dog like if you're doing like a college show and you do that the next year the same kids are not there anymore mm -hmm. and they're they grew up and they're out yeah and yeah. then the, so so you're performing and it's, it starts all over again right, you've right. lost it all yeah so there's no point in doing that i would if i was to do it over again i would take the big money shows i would i would invest in myself i would only do my own tours not do support slots and stay home work more on my own music and be able to have like my own life i would have done that like, Hell yeah. Fuck, that's, that's why really I didn't good, do. bro. That's really good. That's like a mic drop right there. Yeah, that's a super <laughs> yeah, mic drop, dude. Good. You got me got me learning things right now. That's really good. Um, wow. Um, like, where do you see yourself in like 10 years? Like yourself, transparent, or that you still doing music, are you still like working in the music industry and all that? Um It's funny. Uh I I definitely I want I want to be doing what I'm doing, but at the same time, I want to be helping, you know, in in different ways. One thing that I'm really interested about, and like I was telling you about it, is just like a lot of the homeless situation that's happening yeah. right now yeah. in, Ca in California, dog. Mm -hmm, sure. Like in Koreatown, there's just so many homeless folks and it's it spiked up and the funny thing is you think that it's because like you know new york is busting people over or whatever but it's not man it's because housing prices are going up so mm -hmm. much that yeah. like a lot of these guys like they just they literally can't afford it you know wild, yeah. and then the system is so screwed up right now like like these people like they don't know they don't know where to go you know they don't know how many how many beds are in the shelters right now and people are getting moved out because all these places are getting gentrified and they're going everywhere and like and like it's weird too right because like you want to help a lot of these people right because a lot of them they're not like they can't they can't do anything about the fact that they're mentally you know mentally challenged yeah. or they're handicapped or they're mm -hmm. coming back from you know the military and they have fucking you know post-traumatic syndrome and all that yeah. kind of stuff like so you want to be able to help those guys and then but at the same time like they're dangerous as well you know yeah. you hear about them like breaking into people's homes and like attacking people and stuff like that and like how can you like but the system is so messed up that they're not helping these people at all yeah. and being able to shed some light on that being able and like i don't know enough yet i'm just digging right now mm -hmm. and like figuring mm -hmm. out you know things here and there and learning about them and like hearing about the process and uh, like like the way that shelters work like they're only like built for like people for like 45 days yeah. you know and then they're supposed to move out but the thing is, is that there's no how there's a shortage of housing right now, and like, and the and the and the process of homeless people even getting houses takes so long that these people end up staying in these places for like nine months, wild, which means man. that there's no space for the other guys. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's just it's just crazy systematic issues, and I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm gonna be like a politician or anything or whatever, but mm -hmm. like, I definitely want to go towards you know that kind of stuff as well. Um, you know, once we get our, our foot rolling with, yeah. what, with what we're doing here. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Love that. That's, Love that. It's very true, man. It's very true. Our homeless in LA is, is wild right now. It's crazy, yeah, bro. It's and then you hear wild. about all this stuff. Like they, and they, I mean, it's not just LA. Like yeah. some people tell me that, you know, they've done research and they have research that says that the people in LA put people, these homeless people on buses to San Francisco. That's wild. Damn. Yeah, man. That's it's crazy. crazy. That is wild. Um, what is success? What is success to you? How would you define success? Well, that's interesting. 
I hate these types of questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real stuff. Just be transparent, agency. Hey, uh-huh. see? see what you there did there. Is. You should have just it called is. it transpagency. Trans transpagency. To come back to you for our next branding exercise. Hey man, you got it, man. Like it, man. Charlie's got. Just, he's got a well of well of puns. I like yeah, to put things head. together. You yeah. know? Uh-huh. But yeah, success. Yeah, just you know, just be real. Uh, success. I mean, it changes through time, right? Yeah. Because you know, you have different goals. Mm-hmm. And um, if anything, I would say that my success is not based. I don't. I don't look at success on like a ten year level or anything like that anymore. You know, th- things change so much. Yeah. You know, every three months, you know, you have to be able to make new goals for yourself and sure. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right now, like I want to make sure that you know, like success for us right now is that our our, our company is running, that everyone's eating, yeah, and that you know, um, and and, and we're moving forward. Uh, down the line, I'm not sure what it'll be. Um, and, and I, I want to see like Asian American people grow. That's mm-hmm. another big thing that we're doing. Like yeah. we have a, we have a, uh, like a brotherhood called the gold house Ooh. where it's like a bunch of like, uh, people in entertainment and tech, um, and all kinds of different people, uh, that are all Asian American, but that are out there to like support Asian American issues. That's dope. Um, they su- like the first thing, uh, we supported as a group was, uh, was, uh, Justin Chan's, uh, gook movie. Oh yeah. And just oh, like getting yeah. people out there to buy out theaters and stuff like that. So like that, um, and just, and just, and just growing it, you know, cause like, and it's funny, it's like a lot of it's based on communication because yeah. you look at a lot of these tech dudes, right? And the tech dudes are actually like the real unicorns of a- of Asian Americans. They're the ones who are balling. Yeah. They're 30 to 40 years old. They got like anywhere between 10 to $500 million. That's crazy. But they're antisocial and they mm-hmm. all live in Silicon Valley and they yeah. go to like, you know, their little bars and they talk about their apps mm-hmm. and their startups, yeah. you know, because that's all they know. Yeah. But when you ask them, like, do you care about Asian American, you know, representation and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. I just don't know anything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, let me show you then. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. we do, yeah. you know, doing mixers and stuff like that that's and just great. letting people talk about it and like, and these fools, like, they have so much money and they care about their legacy yeah. and they want to be able to support it and they will put their money where their mouth is. And like being able to do that, supporting the right stuff, like that's, that's definitely something that's huge uh, and, uh, and a goal of ours. Hell yeah. That's great. That's it's, like, it's like a Justice League for Asian Americans. <laughs> Asian Avengers. <laughs> Asian Avengers. Yeah, the man. Avengers. There you go. There My you mom go. would say it. That's good, man. That's good. Um, so we're going to do a lightning round with Ooh, you, bro. Lightning round. Lightning yeah. round. It All right. It's going to fire right. off questions of whatever comes to the top of our heads. going to come out of our mouths and whatever is at the top of your head. Just All right. let it spit, dude. Uh, favorite Korean restaurant in L.A.? Uh, I would say Park's Barbecue, even though I don't eat meat anymore. Ooh. Oh, That's you, the spot. You don't eat meat? No, I stopped. Whoa. So it's been like two years for that. And the reason why is because of that. Because uh, in G6, we're, it's, we start off on a Korean barbecue. Yeah. And literally every time everyone ever had a meeting with me that's not Korean, they always want to have Korean barbecue. Yeah. I was having barbecue like five times a week, bro. Yeah. It got so annoying. So I stopped eating meat. I crave it every once in a while, but yeah. it's funny. I crave fried chicken. I crave Whoppers. Oh, yeah. And I never crave barbecue. I can sit down yeah. there. I can watch it. And I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's crazy. That's good. That's, good. <laughs> that's dope. Okay. Um, Parks Gil- Barbecue is, is the it one. It is bomb. You know why? I've been to Parks. Parks is bomb. You yeah, know yeah, why, yeah. though? It's because it's quality. I go to all For those sure. other places and you get like, I get rashes. Whoa. The best all-you-can-eat spot, though, if you guys know, is Ugu. Ugu, yep. All the I other ones Ugu. are yep. crap. 
and they have really <laughs> bad meat. But that place, for being an all-you-can-eat, their uh, meat quality is very high. They have a ugu in uh, Alhambra next to Soup Plantation. Oh, really? You know that Korean barbecue spot up there? That's ugu. No, yeah. but I will go there, there now. You go. It's fire. Well, it's fire. I don't eat meat either, Charlie. So you might have to just roll solo, or you just take a date. You know? I'm actually giving up meat right now. Hey, so. see, there we go. Yeah, yeah, they have they have like octopus and fish fish options like Team shrimp. Vegetarian, I'm pescatarian, yeah, whatever. Go. <laughs> uh, guilty pleasure. Ooh. TV man, TV. Yeah, my yeah. girl hates it because like, <laughs> like, what, like any e- kind of TV no, or what? ESPN. Okay, oh, I'm, a, I'm a sports, sports junkie. Hell like, yeah, I like going to sleep listening to Sports Center. Yeah. I can have Sports Center on for like 24 hours. That's fine. Yeah, I, when I'm running. I listen to sports podcasts. Dude, like, sport po- sports podcasts are the best. They're man. so funny, dude. They're like so Marcellus Wiley, I love that guy, dude. Word. He's hilarious. Um, Max Kellerman's funny. Bill Simmons, yeah, yeah, all those dudes. So like, I'm a I'm a super sports like junkie. Sick, oh, yeah. Dope. I love it because yeah. it's like you hear about movies, right? And like yeah. or like news, and news is all about like. Oh, this person got killed, yeah. or like Trump did something stupid. It's like, depressing. Yeah. yeah, but sports is all about achievement. Like the worst yeah. thing that can happen is you blow your Achilles out, but you still got hundred million dollars. So it's like, oh well, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. And then you're just waiting for that guy to come back. I yeah. feel you exactly. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie of all time? Mm. Pulp Fiction. Oh, hey, that's my favorite movie what? of all time. Tight. That is there, my we go, there we go. There we go. Damn. That and Back to the Future trilogy is Ooh. my favorite trilogy of all time. So that's, <laughs> that's tight. Good. That's, that's good tight. Um, worst rapper of all time. Oh, oh man. I don't want to <laughs> Worst rapper of all time. You know, I'll tell you somebody who I like. You'd be surprised at who are some really good rappers. I can't tell you who the worst rapper is because I wouldn't pay attention to him because I wouldn't like him. Okay, oh, but yeah. like, That's if smart. you listen to like people like, have you heard Shia LaBeouf fucking freestyle? Oh yeah, that guy, no. that dude got He's bars, legit, bro. bro. Dude no got way. bars. He's he was legit. on. I, I heard him on like the Wake Up Show. Yeah, they fool murdered it, bro. I was yeah. I was shocked. Really? Yeah, man. Shia LaBeouf. Shia yeah. LaBeouf He's got legit, bars, bro. bro. Like, not even, like, on some novelty. Like, this fool could really rap. He's yeah. really talented, yeah. dude. This yeah. guy. Slow clap guy. Yeah. Slow clap mean. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, but, like, so, uh, someone, the dude who should just quit. Man, you should just quit. Who is that? Oh, man. <laughs> How can you talk to anybody? <laughs> Especially coming from us, you know? Like, um, Who would I say would should just, just hang it up? Just hang it up, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a mean question. I know, right? I don't know, I don't know why that was in the top of my head. It's got to be unfiltered good, right though, now. Man. I can't. I don't know, man. I no, I, no, I, no. I literally right. don't listen to people I don't like. So Gosh, I don't. I, there's just no. I would have no reason to tell anybody that. I mean, uh, so someone who's getting you tell a lot me. Of- who, who do you not? <laughs> who who do I think should just quit? All right. So I, 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 my category, I'll categorize it by somebody who I feel like gets a lot of shine. But doesn't really like deserve it, right? Okay, all right. Um, Speak your mind, Ben Chung. I will have to say now. Now, see, I'm putting myself on the spot now, so I gotta like <laughs> think about it really quick. Um, man, like I feel like there are a lot of uh, like, I mean, like Ray Sremert. I feel like I mean, I I might be I might be a little out of line here, but I feel like their music, it there's a sound for sure. Like it has an appealing sound, but in terms of like. I don't know artistry and whatnot, and actually saying something like I don't really like see it. Not wow, to say that really? I feel like I think sh- that I think Sway Lee is is a genius. Really, I think he's amazing. See you you know that I, you know stuff that I don't know. See? Ooh, I got one for you. Okay, okay. <laughs> people are gonna hate me for this. People are gonna hate me for this. Um, 
maybe a year ago we did a we did an MTV show in Croatia. Okay. And then we took it partly not because, you know, it was good money or whatever and because like Croatia is awesome, but because it was being headlined by Will Smith. Whoa. Okay. Will Smith had like three to four shows that he was doing the whole year. Yeah. With him, Jazzy Jeff. And we we're excited. Oh, he was performing. Yeah, bro. Oh, what? So we watched him perform and he was crushing it, bro. Like just playing all the jammy jams. Yeah. You know, parents don't understand. <laughs> yeah, he was playing yeah. Summertime, just like, you know, Men in Black. We're, and just got it. He still got the dance moves, uh-huh. just like killing it, right? Uh-huh. Towards the middle of it, he's like, you, want, you guys want to hear some new stuff? And I was like, no. <laughs> goes, I got this new record and it's called Lit. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> I can see where this is going. And he drops the beat and it was like a house record, like 128. Oh. And just, oh, bro, so bad, man. It was Will Smith? So bad. My hero, man. Yeah, man. I mean, he's awesome, but yeah. that was just, just like, not, no, that don't do that. Good. Maybe but, he was just testing the, like, you know, the border of how far he could go. He's yeah. like, maybe this is my, this is my, like, heat check to see Because, you works. know, sometimes, like, that shit works. Like, yeah. um, I remember we, we did a show in, um, uh, in Malta. Oh, Malta. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, which is, uh, like, the place of Maltese dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, I did um, not know that, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another MTV thing over there, and we did it with Snoop Dogg. Okay. Right. And Snoop actually had us come up during his set, and he he took gin and juice out of his fucking set to have us come up. Wow. And then, and, that's major. And then Daz Corrupt and I think it was uh, – and Warren G gave us their mics for us to go up there. What? And it was pretty wow. dope. Yeah. But – he so Snoop. This is when he had uh, that one record, uh, "Wet." I'm uh, gonna make uh-huh. you wet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he and this and then he didn't really know dance music either. And this is his first time performing this shit. Yeah. yeah. So he's like singing the part and like he's like one of the best live performers. Yeah. Like his vocal just cuts right. 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 And then so he's he's doing it and then like the song was actually like really reacting in Europe at the time. It was like okay. popping. Yeah. So when that beat dropped, and he put his fist up and started pumping his fist. Yeah people went bananas like it was like the whole and the whole city was out Uh and like you could feel just the energy and you could see snoop because he'd never done this before in his life yeah he's looking (laughs) at the side at us and like with a big smile like this shit is working like (laughs) (laughs) go 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 go. oh it's hilarious that's tight damn you got you got anything charlie guy uh no man i'm still hyped off of freaking right. snoop dog fucking fist pumping right now that's dude good. That's <laughs> hilarious bro well, snoop is the best yeah, speaking yeah. of what's like like your favorite place that you've ever like rocked the show in oh that's a good one that's a uh, good one. um i would say hat in korea oh uh, yeah korean Hell people yeah. though it's because there's just they're just proud people just oh, proud. they've been they've been through a lot one so of ours like, made it yeah. they're gonna support the crap out of that sometimes <laughs> they support a little too much like they didn't give heinz ward any love all of a sudden he won the super bowl and they're like they, they don't even know how to play football man come on <laughs> but like when we our first show in in korea like my parents flew out for that too that's Whoa, amazing and it was it was that's at amazing. uh it was at a it was at a casino i think it was like five thousand people there yeah. and when we performed, like it was literally a fucking earthquake the whole time. I was That's like, so tight. yeah, I was like, I, I shed a tear. So that that and so and they just they continue to support us even like later. Like we don't even have like you know half the notoriety that we had before, but sure. they're just always supportive of us. So uh, you know, they, so your parents supported your music like from the, from the get. Hell no. Oh okay, yeah, they, <laughs> that they, sounds about right. <laughs> besides the piano, you know, yeah. so they because they understand how hard it is to be a musician. Sure. Yeah. So they never they they never like supported it. Like my I remember when I told my parents that I dropped out of school 
to you know out of law school yeah like my my mom she's like a silent assassin oh yeah she would always like you know cook something for me and my dad would give me like a little bit of money or whatever yeah they just boycotted my ass for me. <laughs> you get no more food no Nothing. more allowance two years dog yeah. and then like, but the thing was i was so busy i didn't even realize it right <laughs> yeah. and then one and then two years later i came back and i told my parents like hey you know, like I'm, I'm gonna go back to school. I'm gonna finish. Ooh. Right when that happened, my mom cooked me up a it's meal, like, and my dad, my dad dropped me a, a hundred. Like, <laughs> oh, so this is what I've been missing. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure they had conversations. Was like, I really want to make him food right now. He's <laughs> not in law school. Don't give it to him. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> but at what point were you, did you get their support then? Like, um, the music thing when it popped yeah yeah right. when when we when we were finally like you know doing really well yeah you know then my parents were like. Yeah, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> Single Korean parents, man. My mom never supported my dance thing until I was on TV. She yeah. You know what, son? Just keep it going. I'm a, it's like, let me know when the next show is. I'm going to start coming to watch your performances. Same for me, man. Vietnamese yeah. people don't think that dancing was a thing. Yeah, it's just the Asian thing. <laughs> my parents thing. like, you want to dance? You should probably start playing soccer. Wow. <laughs> no, I don't... I don't want to play soccer. I want to. I want to do the robot. Can't you understand? <laughs> I just want a robot for the rest of my life. I want a tut and robot. You, yeah. You don't get me. <laughs> Funny man. That's good. That's good. That's dope though. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. No, I'm out of questions. You're man. out of questions. I'm All right. I think that was a good solid lightning round. That solid was solid. Round. That was yeah. fun. Um, so we have this thing called golden rule. It's hey. like pretty self-explanatory, right? So your life mantra, yes. your motto, it could be something that you develop yourself, something that like someone else said that you just decided like, oh, I'm going to start living by this. What is your golden rule? Um, I would say no, accept your flaws. Word. You know, like once you know more about yourself and your own limitations and you understand other people. And the fat and you and you understand that they're flawed and that everybody makes mistakes. You know, once you have that, it, I think there's a lot more peace in you, you know, because you can't be perfect, you know, and just knowing that you're going to make mistakes, your friends are going to make mistakes. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Gives you a lot more peace. So, yeah. Accept your flaws. Accept that's your really flaws, good. man. I love that, dude. That's the first time we heard that one, actually. Yeah. I'm gonna like that one's beautiful. That. I'm gonna unpack that one for a little bit. I like I like yours a lot. The the uh, respect everyone, fear no uh, one. Respect oh, all, fear yeah, none. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. that. that that's that's a, a that's a fire one. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny, man? People have been kind of biting that though. Ugh. Like undefeated, put something out. <laughs> the illest put something out. Even yeah. Under Armour put something out yeah. that said respect all fear none. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure we've been saying that since like 2010. We've I, been saying it for a long time. I will say this though, man. Invitation, best yeah. form of flattery, man. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. we've had so many times where we made a record or like shot a video or had a concept for something. Yeah. And right before we put it out, somebody else does. Right. Yeah. Like we had this record. We have a record with Snoop. And we that during that time that was like when texting was like like just popping off. Uh -huh. and like so we had we had a song called OMG. Uh -huh. <laughs> and literally right yeah. before we put it out, Usher put out a record called right. OMG and what? that shit blew the fuck up. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, yo, th there's like another song called OMG right now. Yeah. What the hell? Like I remember oh, that. Word. Yeah. A lot a lot of things like that. Yeah. But it makes you know that you're going in the right direction. Sure. Because the one thing you also gotta understand is that fucking ideas are a dime a dozen. Yep. So if you get stuck on one man, then you should not be in the creative industry. Yeah. 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 That's for sure. That's good. Well, dang, James, thank you for hopping on, man. I feel like, uh, one, like, I'm really inspired by, like, just your hustle and seeing you and, and the rest of Far East just push and grind over the years, like, straight up years that I've seen you guys. And, like, from all your successes to, 
um, the lessons that you guys have learned and, and even sharing all those things with me, with us here, man. Appreciate that. Um, I mean, this is really a platform where we really want real voices that, uh, influential voices to really tell the real story. And like, uh, that's just something that I feel like people need, you know, and I think uh, the, that's the whole reason why we started a podcast because for myself, I, once I realized like, yo, there is just like free information that you can get from people who are, um, yeah, just people who have made a difference, who are currently moving and shaking in various industries and stuff. And so we felt like, dude, Ken just has a platform. We have a voice and, and people are willing to listen. We want to offer something that reaches our the masses in a way where it's going to be helpful like like you said like you're the artists and the and the people that you guys have under transparent you're trying to like teach them like yo like these are the mistakes that i made hopefully you'll learn from it don't make the same ones but ultimately you know you know you're going to live your life and stuff like that so we're just trying to do our part yeah and and offer something like that so for you to come out here and and drop your knowledge and your experience man we definitely appreciate it we are honored man. yeah oh, man. Absolutely. thank you guys man yeah. and, and i've been like dude and the fact that you guys really support that the asian um asian american experience just we're all out here hustling and grinding trying to do same things in our own worlds in our own lanes um so just you got our support, Kinja support all yep. day long. All Thank day. you. Man. I'm gonna cash that in at a certain point. Oh, bro, we're <laughs> still trying in, to man. figure out. We're still <laughs> trying to figure out that right, that right connecting point of when we're gonna make something like official, and right. we're gonna do it. We're have gonna you, do have it. you showed him Go Bango? Oh, you know what's funny? Uh, uh, Verman was saying that like you guys have uh, some sort of a radio show or something. Or does Verman? Yeah, have, he said that he played it on there because uh, when I saw when I saw him at Identity, he's like, "Yo, man, we were playing your Go Bango track." I was like, "What?" Oh, <laughs> and yeah. like that. That the thing that's funny to me is we did that as like a joke. You know what I mean? We're like, <laughs> "Oh, what if like Ken just put out a rap song?" But like, it was also partially because um, anytime we like put anything on like YouTube or whatever, like unless you got like clearance or rights to a song, like things always get blocked, right? Like, taken yeah, down. Yeah. We're like, dang, dude. Like we should just like make our if we had our own music that we had the rights to, then we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff so it kind of started from that and then like it was kind of a joke but they were like yo let's just do it and see what happens we'll just make some cool dancing to it can you know like package it and you know give the audience what they really like from us and I don't know. I mean, dropping is, bars, Ben. You, you know, I try, try. Okay. You know, dropping like, bars, Ben. Okay. You have, a, you have a rapper's voice. Hey, we, we. Uh, Whereas I do not have a rapper's voice. I have like a <laughs> white guy's voice. I'm like a surfer from California. <laughs> hey, man, Jeezy can do it, bro. Anybody? Hey, can. see, but Jeezy talks all his lines. He likes he's just having a conversation, so, dude. It's your, it's your own swag. Man. That's so your I swag, walked into Charlie. a bar. And this girl jumped on my dick. Like, <laughs> I like this guy. He's yeah. emotional. <laughs> yeah, we. You know, so. We, we go bango was a little thing a fun project you know just the other last week you know we kind of went back into the studio to dabble a bit oh, so we'll see about that one okay but, uh, okay but yeah man you know we're gonna we're gonna do something with you guys we're gonna yeah. connect on something and, it'll be amazing um, yeah let us man. dance when you tracks i'm um, not gonna bring it up here we don't talk business here but you know <laughs> yeah, i just yeah, want to we'll, throw that out there we'll figure you know it out I mean? um where, where can people like follow the journey and and follow yeah whatever's going on what's good in your life plug all like your I, socials and all that i think the most important is just what the company he's doing so um it's transparent agency um and actually no it's called transparent arts now we tend to change our mind a lot so now it's, it's transparent arts okay. yeah. used to be transparent agency and on instagram it's transparent feed but just transparent you know you'll you'll go and see it um and we're just out here we're trying to support people oh, yeah. um and we would love your support back. Yeah. What's your personal one though? Just so you know, oh, for the listener, man. He's they're gonna, they're gonna want to know who's talking ah, on the mic. Well, it's it's uh it's Pro FM P R O H F M. 
Um, yeah, you just hit me and I'll give you the rest. There hey. it is. There it is. Well, Pro, thank you, man, for coming on and just sitting on and just having a talk with us, man. We appreciate you. You killed it, dude. Yeah, man, you killed it. Um, Charlie Guy. <laughs> I didn't know a lot of these stories, too. And you gave me really good eye contact the whole time. I felt Cause, like... It's because I felt like I told all of them to Ben. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I told him. So I, gotta keep... I haven't heard more than half of these stories. So. <laughs> he has a really good, like, I haven't heard this face, though. I feel like you've done this a few times. <laughs> no, I swear. I, I amazing. I swear. I'm like, this is freaking news. That's why like, that's why this platform is good, because you, you talk about things that you don't talk about in, like, a normal, like, lunch or dinner conversation. Right. Yeah. Podcast, you got to go into it, right? Yeah, I just really enjoyed yeah. it, man. So, thank you. But, yeah, man. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks uh, for listening, guys. Uh, Mike Fowler's not, not here right now to give a normal spiel about the show notes, but all the stuff, the inf- cool information, he's going to get it dialed in. Um, yeah, we, we still, you know, we're growing in this thing. This is like a brand new project for us. This is our, actually, I don't even know how many episodes. This is our this is eighth, eighth episode. Eighth nice. episode, man. So yeah. we're like in this right now. Yeah. We're learning. Uh, please leave us comments, uh, feedback, constructive criticisms. Always welcome. If you like us, just give us that five-star review. Hey. You know what I'm saying? And um, we're going to keep growing this thing. And uh, please, yeah, hit us up. Let us know what you think. And thank you for still listening. We appreciate you. And yeah, Kinja Bang. Kinja Bang, baby. Kinja Bang.